Welcome to ATRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technology with support from USDA Rural Business Cooperative. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of ATRA Voices from the Field. I'm Rich Myers with the National Center for Appropriate Technology, and today we're going to be talking to John Wallace, who is the farm manager at NCAT's SIF Demonstration Farm in Butte, Montana. So how are you doing today, John? Doing good. How about you? Not too bad. I understand that you're going to be talking a little bit with us today about um, your overwintering strategies and some research that you're doing along those areas. Yeah, so in Butte, Montana, we have some major challenges, um, even compared to other places in Montana. Um, You can typically expect a frost up until mid-June, and then the first frost usually comes around September, but there's still a pretty good chance that we're going to get snow anywhere in between there and in fact i've even seen two feet of snow on august 1st so yeah part of that is is trying to uh figure out ways to um, fit within that window that we have um i think one of our biggest problems is we tend to think that our we're, we're always fighting the cold and so we choose these cold hardy plants and what ends up happening is during the summer when we get the high heats they end up bolting so we're looking at different strategies basically to overwinter plants so that we can get them to be harvestable during the actual cool temperatures and not in the middle of the summer. So part of that is we use hoop houses and greenhouses. Um, and that's usually a sure bet for certain varieties, you know, dark greens, um, things that can take a hard frost. So typically we start with trying to extend our season with some of those vegetables. So spinach, parsley, kale, lettuce. We start in our attached greenhouse about mid-February, trying to see how much we can squeeze out of there. But what I noticed this year is when I came back, uh, we had a bounty of kale, parsley, and the spinach is coming along pretty nicely. And those are all things that we seeded at the end of fall last year. So that was a pretty good success. Um, as well, we have a few other methods, trying to do other types of vegetables, such as onions and parsnips. Onions, last year, we went ahead and we seeded, actually the year before that, we seeded in um, late fall, and trying to get them to overwinter and then develop through the next year. What we grow is these little red marble onions. It takes about 100 mm-hmm. days to maturity for some of these varieties, and so because of that, that's a little too risky to fit inside that that window grace period that we have. So what we found with the onions is we um, basically had to use them as spring onion because the ones that overwintered had a really low germination rate. Part of that is because, well, one, the cold that comes during those shoulder seasons, but as well, we have to shut off irrigation. And so it's really hard to get water to the field when the soil might actually still be active. So that was one test that we did. And you know, kind of risky, but we got a lot of information out of that and what types of onions would work and really the understanding that we should probably just stick with spring onions. Another thing we worked on was parsnips. So parsnips, uh, we did, we planted them in September, same sort of poor germination rate because of those same issues. But what we found was uh, when they actually matured was in the middle of the summer. 
in the high heat, and they end up being very rubbery and um, soft, and they, they actually have no flavor, and that's not good. Parsnips really have a nice nutty sweet flavor typically, so right. trying to find when we can harvest these in the peak of their freshness. So what we did is we then again went and seeded um, in the early spring to see if we could fit in a, the 100-day maturation um, and try to figure out if we can get that in one season. We were actually successful. Um, it was a lot of luck on Weather's part because really right, what happened gonna, was yeah. we had some cold weather. Um, cold weather set in around September, but we only had mild frost, and parsnips like that. It kind of pulls all the sugars into the roots, and they end up having a great flavor. So that actually ended up being successful because we didn't have any um, actual hard frost until November. And that's rare around here. So we were right. able to uh, sneak that one through. And so we've been playing around with this idea. Okay, well, maybe there's a, another method we can test for overwintering. So this year what we're going to do is we're going to plant parsnips in the spring and let them mature through the year and then overwinter them at that time, and so they'll be ready for the first thing in the spring. So that's, a, that's one method we're looking at. Um, with all these tests, it's, there's a lot of risk involved. So I like to just take one little portion and test each thing you know, in a small area so I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket. Um, right, right. I've talked to a few other people, and they say that they've had the same issue with parsnips and carrots going soft over the winter. So that's something we're going to look at. And if we are able to, we'll just go ahead and harvest them in the fall if they're, if we're able to get, get them into that window. So Terrific. Uh, we are uh, doing a few other um, tests that are related. Um, these aren't vegetables. These are cover crops, actually. Um, we oh, are great. working on expanding our operation basically less intensified in an area. So we're trying to build better soils in other places we haven't grown yet. So we're working on basically getting some sort of cover to bring that soil back to life. Uh, we don't have great soil here. It's pretty sandy, loamy, and um, we really work hard on building all the nutrition in the soil. So what we do is we're working on a cocktail of different seeds. Um, but to keep things simple, the way we started was we know that rye is a really good cover and uh, it is also very cold tolerant so we went ahead and seeded i think in end of september october actually and we actually got a pretty good germination because at that time we had some odd warm weather kind of rainy and that's unseasonable for here but it actually helped us out so we have pretty good germination on that but then we, we were also working with harry vetch which is um, another type of cover crop. And we, the idea of cover crops, you really want to get as many different types of seeds in there so you can have ground splitting, you can have nitrogen inputs, uh, carbon matter, that's all kind of breaking down into the soil. So with the Forbes, which is or the hairy vetch, which is a Forbes, um, it actually is hard to get to survive through these tough winters. We were pretty much told we would have zero success with seeding this at that time and figuring out um, uh, basically how to keep that ground alive as long as we can. And so this year I went out there, brushed some snow off, and I actually did see that the hairy vetch was 
took and uh, made it through the winter. So that gives us an opportunity now to come through and test some dormant seeding. So in the next few weeks, as the snow melts, I'm going to go out there and try to seed again, see if I can't get a really good cover so that in the future we can put whatever else, fruit bushes, you know, extend some of our plots, and uh, have more area to work with. Great. Um, what, how, how large an area are you doing the cover cropping? Um, so uh, it's a 40 by 40 plot, um, and we used to have a bunch of wood chips there. And the way the wood chips ended up uh, affecting the soil is it's really high in phosphorus and potassium, but it almost has no nitrogen. So we're also going to have uh, to put some peas in and and try to get some nitrogen in there, fixation yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, and as when, well, when will you be we have another those, plot. Um, oh, I'm, I'm going to actually grow peas for profit. So I'm doing shelling peas and um, and snap peas. And I think that's a perfect opportunity to use um, the space that we have and then maybe go through and put some field pea cover crop on part of the other plot. Uh, that's one of our tests. Uh, another test we're doing with cover cropping um, is going to be looking at different types of grains that work around here and um, building an area over time so that we can kind of show some dry land crops. But that's a much more large-scale, long-term project. So, Great. Well, it sounds like you've uh, got a pretty busy schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> farm life. <laughs> All right. That's right. <laughs> well, I appreciate your taking the time to uh, uh, talk about it uh, with us today. And um, yeah, thanks for having me. If you don't me. have anything else, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll uh, let you get back to it. Yeah, we'll just have to put up an update or something and let, let everyone know how uh, these parsnips are working to overwinter um, for our second test. Absolutely. Just let us know. Talk to you later. All right. All right. Have a good one, Rich. You can find other episodes of ATRA, Voices from the Field, along with ATRA's other sustainable agriculture resources at www.atra.ncat.org. That's www.attra.ncat.org.